Poor Hollywood's been busy. <laughs> Unstoppable you know monster. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Sin City. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Sin City, we smell like angels or to smell. Which would be true <laughs> if angels smelt like chocolate brownies, peach flavoured coke and curry farts. <laughs> wow. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've never heard this show before, you're in for a treat. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there's a whole host of all the hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some hilarious sound effects and a whole lot of banter. So please do stick around. Uh, this week's film on trial is Sin City. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> oh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a cat call. Oh, okay. oh, I, I've got this instead. <laughs> Hang on. Sorry, okay. did, did you watch the right film? <laughs> <laughs> PG Sin City. <laughs> uh, and just to say that it'll be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's been out for about 14 years. Now, what have you actually been doing? But if you still haven't seen it, you can either listen to this after you watch it or just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by the lovely Joel, which we'll highlight in the comments below. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was The Count of Monte Cristo. Ozzy, Count sound effect. Run! Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, man, intense. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, you judged the trial and yes. decided that it should be placed on the shit list. Yes, I did. Now, you've since gone and watched or, or re-watched the film after yes, a long time. Yep. Do you think you made the right call? I did not, no. It's a really, really good film. Oh, it's, really? It's, it's a completely... <laughs> hit film it's, it was really really good uh, excellent swashbuckling adventure just yeah. does what it says really I, I was really into the characters I really liked the scene in the Bastille when he's locked up and I thought the um, yeah I thought the, the way of the revenge story was done it was it was perfectly done so I, I just sorry Aussie I just didn't flourish enough that's all it, it was it was <laughs> yeah Joel had a hell of a flourish on that one so yeah unlucky right well uh Sorry, sorry yeah, for that. Sorry, yeah. sorry to the count. Sorry to all the audiences and all listeners as well who said that it should be placed on the hit list and you just ignored them. How, I, am, I, how I, could apolo you? I apologize. Thanks. We've all been waiting for it, to be honest. <laughs> so, before we go into the bulk of the show, I think it's time for a little bit of news. <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> that wasn't was bad, actually. Yeah. Was all bad. right, yeah. Alex, you know what that was? No. <laughs> okay so what we do here is we go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week starting with alex so it's been reported that billy zane is to play marlon brando in a new film now brucey you're a big brando fan aren't you i am but you also liked him when he wasn't so big as well. Um, so. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> we're not going to make any friends on this no, podcast, no, no, no. So what do you think about this bit of casting? Uh, well, he's producing it, so I think that's why he's been... Um, I was a bit surprised when it was Billy Zane, because it was like, mm. Billy Zane, he hasn't done a load recently, but I think because he's producing it, he might have popped himself in there. The story doesn't... It's not grabbing me, because it's based on a, um, a memoir by this architect who built a... I think like an eco-friendly um, sort of village in this southern, like southern Pacific paradise, basically with Marlon Brando, 
as his client. So it's a bit weird. It's, it's, it's an odd one, you know, it, it's, it's an odd one. Uh, but he did lead a very odd life, didn't he? Yeah, he did, he did. So it kind of, you know, it's not something I've really heard about Brando doing that. So that's kind of interesting in the sense of I've never heard it before. So I kind of, I kind of, I probably will watch it. The only thing is, have you ever, have you heard of a film called Listen to Me Marlon? No. Yeah, you bought it for me. On yeah, yeah, DVD. yeah. Have you watched it? I didn't get round Son to watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, actually, actually, it's a lie. I started watching it, but it's it's just interviews with with him, isn't it? It's no, like, it's not interviews. So he, he he recorded audio tapes of himself uh, about his life, and it's very in depth and quite personal because he's obviously he's not in being interviewed. Yeah. It's just his himself talking to a tape recorder. And they put it with footage. So if you're interested in Marlon Brando, I'd go to that first. Rather, uh, than, still, Rather than this, what essentially is like an, a, a glorified pub anecdote yeah, from a guy basically who from wants someone else. a job for Marlon Brando. For Marlon Brando, you know. Yeah. Oh, I maybe there's more to it. Dave <laughs> <laughs> So maybe there's more to it than that. Obviously, if they're, if they're making a film, then there must be, because there'd be other mm. things you think you do. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's so odd that I am a bit more intrigued, actually, than I'm letting on there. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It's a bit of a coincidence as well that Billy Zane played a character in Titanic and Marlon Brando could have played something that sank the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I do apologise to anybody who was offended by that joke. Uh, moving on, it's been reported that there's going to be another instalment in the Final Destination franchise. Additionally, uh, there's supposedly going to be another film in the Saw franchise as well. I, these are two kind of horror franchise titans that have reportedly been been dead for a few years anyway. So it's kind of I, I thought the final nail had gone in the coffin for both of them, but apparently there's still more work to be done. Joel, you sort of I'm, I was going to say a fan, but you, you've watched them anyway. So <laughs> what, what, what do you think about these? Um, well, it says the Escape Rooms director is going to possibly, I don't think it's confirmed, but possibly reboot the Saw franchise, which I suppose does need rebooting. They've probably taken that as far as they can go. The last one was a prequel, wasn't it, I think? And the Final Destination reboot is being developed by the Saw writers. So it's a bit of a swap all around. Um, and I think I'd probably be more interested in the Final Destination reboot by the Saw writers so the thing saw, although it kind of went pretty kind of story-wise shit, like the actual traps and um, all the deaths and things like that were always really clever. And I think you've got to have a, a kind of really sick fucking mind to think of a lot of those traps, and that's probably what you need to, to make a good horror film these days. So, What if they do a crossover? If what they if do a crossover, you mean like Saw the, the Marvel Final. films? Yeah, it could be the most ambitious crossover event since it could, 2018. It could be. It could be, like Final Destination <laughs> meets Saw. Yeah. But I'm not sure what the point in that would be, considering just everyone in the film would die. <laughs> it's like you, su- you survive a trap and it catches up to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Is this a crossover? That's pretty much it. <laughs> Sounds fun, though, actually. Sounds like something Gav would have watched when he was five. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so the f- finally talking about news uh, there's, there's been such a kind of uh, clamber for Mary Poppins recently with uh, the success of the sequel to Mary Poppins Mary Poppins Returns that there's talks about creating a third film Mary Poppins uh, 3 I suppose Rises. yeah Mary Poppins The Revenge <laughs> uh, so are you guys uh, looking forward to that Ozzy I know that you particularly liked Mary Poppins you watched both of them back to back and D- Dave you're a, you mm-hmm. were a big fan of the remake as well what do you guys think yeah, I mean, I don't really know what you could do with it, though. Like, you're just going to rewrite the same story all over again. Maybe it'll be like Mary Poppins Begins, 
Like, sort of did it with Batman, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what you're going to do with a Mary Poppins. Is there, is there that many stories for her? Like, is there that much source material? Or There is quite a bit, yeah. actually, I believe. I mean, P.L. Travers wrote quite a few Mary Poppins books, and we've only, like, gone scratched over the, the, the yeah, scratched the surface, as it were. I'm, I'm wary of mm. them. It's you know, too much of a good thing. This yeah. went well. We had a huge break in between the original classic and what just came. Yeah. Too much too soon. I think, you know, you've had a success. You made a great film. People are really impressed with it. Yeah. Go do it. something else. Let yeah. it lie. <laughs> do think, something else. Go make bed knobs and broomsticks too or something like that. Part, part of the success, right, was because there was such a long time between it as well. That was yeah. quite special to be yeah. like, oh, we're returning to this story. It's like a year later, it's like, oh, well, again, like this soon. It just, yeah, mm. bit of a cash grab. Yeah. Whereas the fact that Mary Poppins Returns didn't feel no, like no, a cash grab. Like, if it was that, they'd have done this in the 80s or the yeah. 70s or something. So, yeah, I'm wary. I don't know about you guys, but I'm wary. Is Emily Blunt coming back? I imagine so. Then I will watch it. And Lin Manuel Miranda as well. No, sold, sold. <laughs> no. After, but what about Dick Van Dyke and Angela Lansbury? Because well, hey, they're going think... to have to film it soon. <laughs> oh, if they want to get oh, them in oh, here. Oh, hey, don't oh. give him shit after your Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be honest with you, that flashed through my head, but I stopped myself. <laughs> right, moving swiftly on to Alex, and it, it's time once again for your film feels. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. That is lovely. <laughs> right, I'm not. I'm not sure if we've done this before. Like your favorite comic book adaptation. Hmm. Have we done that one before? I feel like I, we must have. Have we not? I don't know. This is the point of the show where we just li- nod and smile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that seemed a little too easy. But yeah, have okay. we ever for you? Like we've yeah, reviewed Watchmen. Marvel films, haven't we? Watchmen. Um, yeah. Okay, but okay, no one remembers. So yeah. either it was that good a conversation, or we just haven't done it before. So, favourite comic book adaptation, what would you say? Are we including superhero <laughs> films, like, uh, you know, all the Marvel and DC stuff, or no. are we going to say... Uh, Try it. So, so Marvel's no. out. Marvel's out. What about R.I.P.D.? Oh, <laughs> classic. <laughs> I would say Ghost World. That was based on a comic. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. really, 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 really good film. About is Pokemon, is that a comic? No. Is no. that just an anime? <laughs> Come back to me. Oh, shit, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Yes, Scott yeah, Pilgrim's yeah, a very yeah, good one. Yeah. That's yeah. actually one of my favourite films. I don't know why it didn't come to that before. Mm. It probably could be Watchmen for me. Really? You know, I didn't actually appreciate Watchmen when I first watched it, didn't like it. If anyone listens to the episode that we did on Watchmen, they'll hear that. But um, watching it the second time for the podcast, it actually really clicked with me and I read the graphic novel after that and it's like, you know what, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm on board now, I get it. Yeah, I, I didn't like Watchmen at all, really, when I watched it the first time and I'd only seen it once and I judged it. And judging by Dave's argument, uh, well, was it you who was defending? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I, I, I thought, like, it sounds like it's a hit. I went back and rewatched it, and I actually really, really liked it this time around. But I would say my favourite one would be Kick-Ass. Okay, yeah. Kick-Ass is good, yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah. Although the comics, like the first one's good, but the second one's a bit shit. I'd probably go like with... Well, that's why I said the first one, not the second one. Oh, yeah, kick ass one. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Uh, yeah, I reckon uh, 300. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. I, w- I rewatched that the other day. Is 300 a comic book adaptation? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's Frank, Frank Miller, same guy who did Sin City. All right, okay, but that's not like a, not like a real myth. Like a, 300. 300 it's was historical based, based on a based, real story. Based, got a historical basis. Battle but. of Thermopylae, but... It's not I don't think they had. But we're it. gonna, we're, we're gonna. <laughs> so we'll just treat this sort of like a Greek history as yeah. a, yeah. as being a comic book. Yeah, Man, just just for the sake of this. It's okay. It's a good film, though. It's about as historical <laughs> as Sword in the Stone, but it's, it's the basis of truth. <laughs> <laughs> what about as historical as Troy? 
Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> right, okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Alex. You're welcome. Uh, and once again, that was Alex's Film Feels. It's <laughs> 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 a rubber duck. <laughs> no, rubber chicken, sorry. So, on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Sin City. Ooh la la. <laughs> Too much. A Brando joke was all right, but you know. <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't all right. Neither of them were We've not come back on the right side of the line yet. Yeah. <laughs> right, I was just trying to increase the rating. I was going for a PG before. This is now at least a fifteen. Anyway, so the film has been picked out of the hat at random. It was nominated by I, I don't know who though. I'm sorry. I think it was my second cousin Joel. I can't be too sure though, so I do apologise. I just apologise to, to anybody I've let down with my bad jokes and <laughs> not keeping tabs of who is nominated which film anyway they've also also been picked out of the hat at random so in defense and trying to get this film placed on their hit list is me i'm a bit like marv an angry vest wearing oddly shaped man with a very angular face yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep yep yeah, quite, thanks thanks guys. Quite, i just say it's quite a nice one he's given himself yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just see how a you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. angular face it's all right, you know. yeah, but it's true though you know what i mean it's a very yeah. angular face uh, all right yeah i'm looking forward to my well, true i was gonna one. say well, <laughs> <laughs> okay and in prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list yeah. is alex alex is a bit like hartigan he's determined worn out <laughs> i was covering up his boldness in 2005 i mean uh, like it's 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 not as bad as the one that i sent to dave <laughs> you keep mentioning it. I know, yeah. oh, oh it was it was classic we must, I, uh, all right we must never you, say you it gotta, you, gotta, so you gotta say it or don't say it you can't, I, I'll, you give can't you the, I'll give you the people. i'll give you the cliff notes <laughs> um he's a bit like the yellow bastard he's bald and he stinks <laughs> all right <laughs> it's not it's not as bad as my imagination led me to believe they cut out another bit but i don't think oh, you're say that <laughs> anyway right anyway no, no, hang on, hang just on. like real course advocates alex and i will be making the best case for our roles these may or may not be our real opinions though so do stay tuned till the end of the episodes to hear our genuine thoughts in the roles of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinions to the arguments are ozzy and joel ozzy is like the character of kevin he's specky untrustworthy with a dead-eyed stare (laughs) (laughs) and joel is just like clive owen everybody wonders how he's managed to progress so far in his career despite lacking a personality (laughs) (laughs) it's like that wedding speech all over again (laughs) (laughs) which means this week dave has the most important role as he will be playing the judge dave is a bit like minute Great voice, commanding presence, but terrible eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> I got on quite lightly. I'll take it. Now, Dave must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. So, before we get started, I think it's time to give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about and to spin their wheel of impressions. Okay, so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it has landed on Alex. So how would we like Alex to read out the synopsis here? Um, 
Uh, Marv? Yeah. Marv? Bruce Willis? Like really... I'd say Bruce Willis or Marv. How the hell does Marv Oh, what about, what about Benicio both... Del Toro, that scene where he's changed his voice? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> a film that explores the dark and miserable town, basin city, and tells the story of three different people all caught up in vile and corruption. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> well done, man. Well done. Cheers. Okay, so without further hesitation, Dave, would you please like to kick off proceedings? Yep, certainly can. So, Sin City, I have seen it, but it was a long time ago. We're going back a good couple of years now. Um, so, yeah, I'm fairly open on this one. I can't really be swayed. So, let's have a good clean fight. Never. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, it's well, already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been fired out. Look how riled he is after his... Uh, <laughs> no, no, after my introduction, I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking ready for it. Uh, and Griffa, it's Sin City. If you're going to tear shreds off each other over any film, let it be this, this one. one. Yeah, so yeah. who would like to go first? Prosecution or defence? <laughs> okay, okay. Defence, yep. you're up. <clears throat> right. This film is visually stunning and without a doubt one of the greatest adaptations of a graphic novel ever produced. The film follows a number of short tales of corruption, murder and violence in the seedy Basin City. Robert Rodriguez has done a fantastic job of transposing the pages from Frank Miller's graphic novels to the screen. The decision to take several stories from the comic instead of concentrating on and stretching out one singular story was a great move. Not only does it ensure that the pace doesn't drop, it creates a visual comic book effect as the stories flip quickly from one to the next, recreating the aesthetic of a graphic novel or comic book. Now, the original novels are hyper-violent, which Rodriguez embraces with open arms. Everything that can be exploded, shot, sliced, and chopped off is done with unflinching ease. Rodriguez accentuates the ridiculousness of the situations and amplifies the violence in a knowing way that is equally respectful to the original Miller content, but also a bit of a pastiche of the novels. It's important to note that Frank Miller had some... He was a bit jaded with Hollywood after his negative experiences filming Robocops 2 and 3, so he swore that he would never sell or loan the rights to his Sin City novels. Robert Rodriguez filmed a sort of proof-of-concept scene to show Miller just how his vision of a fully faithful graphic novel adaptation could be achieved. Miller was so impressed with the footage that he was shown that he gave Rodriguez his blessing there and then, and that footage is actually incorporated into the final film as the opening segment. Now, the big selling point for Miller were the visuals, and they are simply incredible. Rodriguez filmed primarily on a digital backdrop using high-definition digital cameras against the green screen, making this one of the first fully digital live-action films. During post-production, the film was colour-corrected digitally to convert all shots to black and white. The contrast was heightened, and there was a use of colorization to add bold splashes of red, blue, or you know, yellow to emphasise certain aspects of the shot. This bold contrast really brought the scenes to life and not only helped recreate the aesthetic of the novel, but also captured the essence of the film noir genre. Now, the music as well is absolutely spot on for this film and perfectly captures the sleazy and corrupt nature of the city. Uh, sorry, and, uh, sorry, nature of the city. And the fact that Rodriguez himself composed the majority of the soundtrack whilst writing and filming the movie only benefited the final production. All in all, I'd say this is a very, very enjoyable action film that, you know, is as fresh now as it was back in 2005. So just as they say, what happens in City 
<laughs> what happens in Sin City needn't just stay in Sin City. <laughs> Thank you very so, much. So a, fal- uh, no. a faltering flourish. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. All of, all of my flourishes were written when we were having our curry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Alex, prosecute away, please. Yeah, I feel like Gav's hit most of the main points that people do when they're trying to say that Sin City is a, is a good film. Sin City really isn't a good film. It's one of the most horrific films I've seen in a really long time. I watched it eight, like when I was 18, like a long time ago. And I think I was too young then to really grasp how hateful this film is. But having watched it the other night, it really is just disgusting. I wouldn't disagree with a lot of Gav said, but I'd say that Gav left an awful lot out of his argument there. He was saying that, yeah, it's, it's you know, captured the visual aesthetic of a graphic novel. I haven't actually read the graphic novel, but, you know, lots of things say that, yeah, almost scene for scene sometimes it's got that. That's great. doesn't make it a good film. It just means that they've done it. You know, it doesn't, doesn't that's nothing great. You know, the, the thing that I, I knew was going to come up here is that Gav's saying it's like a pastiche of the novels, and I really disagree with that, because that's kind of saying that, oh, it's a clever take on the graphic novels, it doesn't actually mean what it's doing, and actually it, it is, it's Frank Miller's in the film, isn't he? He's, he's in it at a certain point, I think. He's actually, I think he's the one he's confessing to, Mickey Rourke, who gets shot in the head. Oh, yeah. So Frank Miller was, like, very on hands-on here. So they brought his graphic novels to light, but my main thing here is they should not have been brought to light because his graphic novels are reprehensible they're really really degenerate i would say it's it's disgusting stuff and i'll go through so the main thing i want to talk about is just the values of this film which are just genuinely i've written down corrosive and evil (laughs) like like like, that's how much i hate the values in this film let's just start with the women because that's i think that's the biggest point in this film it's just it's just horrible there's so much violence against women um they're not wearing a stitch of clothing there's only one woman who's wearing any clothing in this properly and it's the judge that sentences mickey rourke to death and she just looks like crazy with the big frizzy hair running around and you know this is what when gav touched and said it's a pastiche of the novels no this is emperor's new clothes territory this is trying to say, oh, there's there's something a bit clever to this here. It's not just it's film noir. No, I don't see how it's film noir. To be honest, I, I you know you have, I used to, I love film noir. I don't see any much film noir. It's been black and white, and they're driving cars. There's not much more to it than that. You know, there's no theme to this. These things just happen. So the violence against women is just awful. There's just so much. There's no main female character in this film that is not hit at some point. That is actually like literally there is no main character who's a woman, is not, like, disgustingly hurt in some way. And it happens all the time. But Go Alex, on. is it not true that The Big Sleep was missing? Well, it was probably one of the best film noir films sure. ever made. But do you think that it was lacking maybe somebody's penis being ripped off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've, that, that's always been said about Humphrey. If only if only had ripped someone's cock off, it would have been a better film. Uh, but no, to go back just a little bit more seriously, like, honestly... Um, I just got. I actually did a list here of what happens to female characters in this film. Jessica Albert, she's whipped, she's kidnapped, she's psychologically scarred. Uh, Alexis Bledel has her throat ripped out and is then assassinated at the end of the film. Uh, Rosaria Dawson is slapped and then strangled later on. Carla Gugino, maimed, eaten, shot. Uh, Jamie King is killed and then, as a different character, is then punched out. Brittany Murphy gets slapped, which is, you know, she, she seems like she's lucky compared to the rest of them, to be honest. You know, this isn't a pastiche on film noir. I don't remember watching film noir and seeing uh, ultra-violence against women. Th- there's a point when you just have to go, no, this is Empress New Clothes, right? We're not going, oh, this is a clever way of looking. No, no, this is just, like, people enjoying violence against women. Maybe you can watch, you know, I'm sure when we watched the film we weren't thinking that, but, like, really, 
like this is the kind of film I think like like in Jeremy Clarkson would like or something like that. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> someone, <laughs> just someone awful. I, I'll try and skip through because I've got so much to say about it. It's also racist. Like, the character of Miho is just is just racist. Like she's a samurai wield, wielding ninja. She's the only Asian actress in the entire film. She doesn't say any line. She's just a homicidal maniac who. Uh, throws swastikas as well. There's there's a couple of swastikas in this film for no reason whatsoever. Not talked about, like the violence against women, it's not really talked about. Uh, Miho, you know, having samurai swords, not really talked about. The swastikas, not talked about. It's just like, oh, isn't that cool? L- look at it, you know? Uh, there's homophobia is pretty rife in this film. There's at least two quotes um, where... I think uh, Mar- Merv, Marv, Merv? Marv. Marv says about Carla Gugino, who's his par- parole officer, says uh, she's a dyke, but God knows why she could have any man. And that's, that's you know what I mean? That's uh, Maybe that's a thing on Marv being some sort of, you know, old school character, but it's not talked about. It's not brought back. So that's just actually someone saying it. You know, that is just said. And later on, there's another char- character. These are the sympathetic characters, by the way. Alexis Bladell, Becky, I think her character is says, oh, you should go, don't go to Amiga because that's a fag joint. And it, it, it's just, I don't even like saying it, it's just disgusting, but this is said in the film. Um, you know, Rosario Dawson at one point is like really angry at uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen slaps her and she gives him a big kiss afterwards. You know, it's just littered throughout this entire film and it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't, it, let's just get real and say, this is just violence against women, it's racism, it's homophobia. There's nothing clever to it. It's not brought up. And really, and I don't like saying this, normally it's pretentious this is a pretentious film <laughs> no it is it is it, it is in the, in the in the worst sense of it is that there is no point to it it's not subverting anyone it's not subverting anyone's expectations of anything so the, the strong amazon women who are in old town aren't subverting some expectation of oh women are weak because the whole film preceding that has said that women are slapped about they're kidnapped they're eaten you know, so now it's like, oh, look at these strong women who then, you know, look to Clive Owen to save them and are completely helpless as 14 men invade their town and then start strangling and kicking them about. Um, there's no point to it, okay? Uh, I think, no, no, there, there is a point to it, right? And the point is for people to enjoy this, okay? And I, I just find that absolutely <laughs> disgusting. There's no clever point to it, and it just legitimizes violence against women, casual racism, casual homophobia. So I just, I hate this film. Wow. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. That's given me something to consider. Uh, Gav, do you want to rebut anything quickly? I, I think what R- Robert Rodriguez was trying to achieve is he was trying to take that film noir genre and he was trying to incorporate it with Frank Miller's style of novels. And he was just making everything like ramping up the volume and ramping up the acceleration on everything. So everything was like hyper- so, for example, in you know, classic trope of film noir films is that the, there's a damsel in distress and there's mistreatment of women. Not to the point of Sin City, but with Sin City, everything is times 100. Everything is like the worst it could possibly be. So instead of just having, you know, like a, a woman being slapped, there's a woman getting her hand cut off or, you know, it, it's, it's like he's tried to ramp, ramp up the, the violence Mm. So, and the, the, what I think the female characters in this film are appallingly written. I, you know, I'm not going to de- deny that. And they are treated despicably throughout. I can only assume what I was saying before is that Rodriguez has attempted to use the women in this film as tools to highlight or to exaggerate other aspects. For example, 
you know, how can we quickly portray the sexiness and the sleaziness in this city? We'll use a scantily clad lady dancing erotically to a saxophone. How can we hammer home that this is a, a wretched villain? Uh, we show them him being violent towards a female character. How do we blur the lines between good and bad? Uh, we show that heroes and villains can be more than just black and white, can be different shades of grey, so we'll get them to be a woman as well. This, this sort of, that's violent. It's, it's using a classic damsel in distress formula, as I said before, and amplifying it incredibly to show the over-the-top and exaggerated brutal nature of the city. Just briefly, I'm sorry, but there's so much just excess violence to women. You know, I, I, know, I, I could I know. kind of go with it and say maybe, okay, once or twice, but that list doesn't even cover the, the supporting cast. You know, that is just, you know, whipped, kidnapped, throat ripped out, slapped, strangled, maimed, eaten, shot. You know, maybe once or twice, but at a certain point you just have to say, this isn't clever, this is just watching what it's showing us, you know? Okay. I, I will have a follow-up question to this. There's one thing that's sticking in my mind, but I'll uh, hear the character witnesses out first. Um, Austin, Joel, what do you guys think about these arguments? I mean, Alex basically seems to concede all of Gav's points, where Gav says it's visually stunning, the soundtrack's good, um, you know, it's it's a good take on a comic book, it's got good comic book style, great special effects. Um, but, but Alex has his own prosecution points where he doesn't have to really counter anything of Gav's, where he just says the source material is degenerate. It's especially violent against women. Um, it's not really film noir, it's just kind of nasty. So, Austin, what were your thoughts on that when you were watching it? I, I would agree with both exactly that. The the actual story and what the content, yeah, it's it's disgusting and that's kind of the I mean, for me that felt like the characters. It was it was great to watch it visually, you know, it's um you, you could forgive it quite a lot of um the fact that you are watching four stories because it's very stylized. So it is massively pretentious, like it it, it really is. But the style of it is is great that I think it's got a film noir style and the, the cars and everything is so over the top. It, it is not believing it's not shot in a way that it's believable. It's shot in a comic book way and it's, um, it's great to watch. So, okay. Thank you very much. And Joel, what did you think? Was your enjoyment um, of the film impaired by any of the stuff that Alex has mentioned? Uh, well, to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of this film, but I think I'm a little bit in the middle, um, because I think some points are kind of being missed a little bit. Um, you know, if you look at the comic, for example, it's ultra violent, but it's not just ultra violent to women. It's just as violent to the men. Like the men get absolutely savagely treated as well. Um, but also the the whole point, I think, of some of the stuff in Sin City is that the women are meant to know that that's all they're good for, that they're kind of, you know, used for sex. And that's kind of one of the points which I think... Uh, he does kind of hammer hammer home in the comics. You know, I'm not too sure if it's that clear in the film. Uh, but certainly, you know, like in the comics, I think Jessica Alba's character is actually nude for a lot of her scenes. And uh, when they kind of went about this film, like she refused uh, to do the nude scenes, I think. Um, so I think, you know, while we can watch it and look at it like that, which are, are all totally valid points, you know, I think there is... Uh, you know, perfectly kind of reasonable side to it as well. Don't think it was written as Alex is kind of, you know, portraying it. Um, so I don't think it's written, you know, as, you know, like it's somebody who doesn't like women who, you know, it's racist, it's homophobic, all that type of thing. And, you know, there is there is that in there. But, um, you know, what I'm saying is that some of those elements are used as, you know, kind of like what Gab said, as tools in the film to... Uh, you know, I don't know, push the story along a little bit. 
Okay. Thank you very much. That was the, the, the thing that was just screaming in my mind as Alex was speaking was what about the men? It's like, how are the men treated in this film? Because I know it's very violent. Okay. I know it's an action film. So they're wearing a lot of clothes for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're allowed to wear clothes. That's a massive... No, I mean, seriously, there's, that's a massive thing. They're not wearing thongs for the entire thing. Uh, I think Marv takes his shirt off at one point, I think. But there's even a bit where, like, Bruce Willis is swinging naked and he's just in silhouette, do you know what I mean? Because we don't want to show a, a naked man, do you know what I mean? We don't want to see any of that. Yeah, sure, there's violence against men, but... The violence against men is just totally different in the way it's portrayed against the women. It's not in the same way at all. It's very much these are damsels in distress, they're getting slapped left, right and centre. It's not the same. It's not the same. And often the men sort of have it coming. You know, the, 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 the women are just sort of used as these helpless things that are just slapped about constantly. It isn't the same, like to say that the violence against men, yeah, there's violence against men, but that doesn't, that doesn't quite portray the same, the, the right thing, you know. Um, I, I would uh, so I, I would add to that actually that he, he is right. It is not the same. It is very different, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's along the lines of that. It, it, it's that it felt to me as though it was that massively stylized. It was over the top um, way of telling that story. It was like these. Are, this is a this is a film for 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 men in um, like an, in a, uh, quotes essentially. That's what that's kind of how it felt like um, in that sort of film noir style. Okay. It was a, Okay, thank you very much. I've got stuff to consider. Uh, Alex, second argument, please. Yes, I kind of wouldn't say this is film noir, to be honest. I know it's black and white, and I know it's kind of like <laughs> going on those things, but I just my thing is this kind of really isn't film noir. It's because um, I can't see any elements of film noir really in it, apart from the sort of, again, the stylized parts of it. Um, but anyway... Uh, it is black and white. It is black and white. That <laughs> seems like the only thing. You know? What defines film noir, then? How would you define film noir? Well, I guess it would black be there's white. a case... Black and white. There'd be, the, the, there's a case, it's often set... Well, yeah, I, don't know. I think it is film noir. I mean, no, it's not. I, I don't remember a big yellow bastard being in a Humphrey Bogart film. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's in the, the style of film noir, but it's, it's all, sort of like... Um, it's like uh, jazz. There's no real mystery to it, though, is there? You know? But... I mean, jazz. I, 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 I like jazz. yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's what I was saying. Right. It's like there's, there's no like clear guidelines. Is this is what you need in a film noir piece? You need A, B, C. It's also got like E, D, and F. You know, which is mm. a modern inclusion by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller. Yeah, it's, it's trying it's, to update. Yeah, that exactly. Little it's, elements of it, but yeah, I wouldn't say it, that makes it. No, film noir. They, they've taken the genre and they've made it more seedy. They've made it ultra violent. They've brought it to a modern day audience. They've used this really kind of impressive digital technique. It's, I, I think it, it's film noir, but times a hundred. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, anyway, okay. I've, I've just had a look at the definition of film noir. Go on. Um, it's basically a film marked by a mood of pessimism, fatalism, and menace. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But anyway, uh, that's, no, that's the that's the definition. Oh no, no, no I'm saying it yeah. is the definition, but I'm saying that then since it does not apply. Um, right, just to go on because I feel like maybe I didn't come back on a few points there. Gav was talking about the green screen, and kind of that's what I want to talk about now. Like, I don't think the green screen worked in this film. Like, yeah, the, the visuals are kind of are, are quite. Uh, impressive especially at first if i'm honest and i i th- i think you get a little bored possibly towards the end of the film a bit about but but by these visuals is it the avatar effect is it a little maybe a little bit but the yeah the the mainly it's just the it's like maybe the first time i think it's the first time i ever done like a hugely just full digital film and i don't think the actors really knew what they were kind of doing yet with green screen i still think it's quite hard for them to sometimes do a really good scene 
but it really wasn't. I mean, that first scene between Josh Harnett and I've forgotten her name in it is just appalling. Then you've got this scene between Michael Madsen and Bruce Willis where they're just using this really hammy dialogue. And it's again, it's coming back to this thing of, oh, it's a pastiche on film noir. No, it's just bad dialogue. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it can be a pastiche. It can be trying to like send it up, but it could be good, thrilling dialogue. There are some just, the script in this is just really poor and that doesn't even cover it i think the acting is just poor in it which is surprising because it's such a a good cast on paper but it never feels like they're actually in the room and because it's so green screened you don't really get a good idea of sin city itself like the setting it's like they're at the harbor but it just looks like a green screen even in the hotel room they're green screening a hotel room do you know what i mean it's just like you never actually feel like it is where you are which in you know having just looked at the graphic novel you do feel like you're there, whereas you don't get that sense somehow. Even the sound, the way the characters are talking, you know they're not at a harbour, you know they're not at a factory or anything like that. It doesn't, it sounds like they're just in a room. So that that really sort of like breaks the um, the immersion for me a little bit. Uh, like I was saying, the script isn't funny, bad. It's like, it's just bad. You've got Brittany Murphy gives this bizarre performance of this sort of like, you goddamn fool and, and all of this sort of stuff. And it's... It just doesn't work. It's It's got this weird trying to be funny element to it. You know how they keep doing that yeesh thing that keeps coming back into it every time we look at Benicio Del Toro's head and they, all the characters keep going yeesh. <laughs> Does, is anyone laughing at that point? Do you know what I mean? Does anyone actually find that funny? So I think the, the characters are really boring. I don't think the cast could really handle the green screen, to be honest. But again, to be honest, it, it just, it, it just kind of comes back to me again of you're just not watching something that's got a point here, you know? And and I think, you know, in like Gav saying like, well, you know, it's got the violence against women, the, you know, the homophobia and the racism, that's all got a place. Well, why? Do you know what I mean? That's that's what I'd like to find out. What is the point? If you're going to throw in all of this, you're going to have a bad script, you're going to have unbelievable settings, you're going to have bad performances, and then you're going to throw in massive violence, massive violence against women, homophobia and racism. What's your point? And... There isn't one. There is no point to Sin City. Gav, what's the point to Sin City? What is the point to Sin City? <laughs> what, a, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> Sin, Sin City for me is, I, 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 I just, this is where I disagree with Alex. It is a pastiche. It is sort of like, here is your bog standard film noir film. We're going to tip it on its head. Here is your bog standard sort of graphic novel adaptation. We're going to do the same to that as well. It's taken everything and it's amplifying it a million times. You know, like I think the dialogue is purposely sort of wooden because you go back and you watch a lot of film noir films. They they have that sort of like kind of hokey element to it. You know, uh, if you think about some of the classic film noir f- films as well, a lot of that was filmed on like on a set. You know, so it would have been backdrops. So for this, they're just doing the same thing, but with the green screen. I think you're being a bit hard on the the actors when you're saying that they didn't know how to do their performance in front of the green screen because a lot of it is just kind of like in the here and now. It's it's sort of like they're they're acting and they're responding to something that is like kind of three feet around them. M- Mickey Rourke didn't meet Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had a scene together and they didn't meet. Good, or, good or, for Elijah Wood. <laughs> or Rutger Hauer as well. Yeah, really. Yeah, didn't meet him either. 
So that does just, you know, not being in the same room as each other. No, but, but, but that has, I think, revolutionised the way that films can be yeah, made. In a bad way. No, but, I mean, you look at, you look at so, it now and that um, you can have, you, you can film all your actors separately and you can just kind of patch them in later on. That means you don't have to wait for schedules to be freed up. You don't have to, you, you don't have to stretch your production costs. You can kind of do it here and there. Yeah, but, you can, you, but that makes the scene suffer. Because you know they're not actually talking to each other. Well, I, I mean, the first time you watched that, did you know that they weren't talking to each other? Well, I, I, I sensed <laughs> that there was some sort of. I didn't know why my why like no, but Michael the way the way, the way it's filmed, Bruce the way it's Willis. filmed is it's like a comic book. So you get close ups of somebody's face, and then you'll get a wide shot of somebody. You know, it's each see each scene. Like essentially, Robert Rodriguez refused to take a screenwriting credit for this because he mm. said he's literally just taken all of the dialogue, all of the actual scenes from Frank Miller. So he wanted to make him as a screenwriter. So every single storyboard that he had for the script, it, it, he he didn't write it himself. It was literally the comic book. So every scene that you see, every shot is taken from the comic. So I don't think it would have mattered if they would have been there or not because like the way it's filmed is a reflection of the actual comic book. But... I think but a bad comic book. You know? If that's true, <laughs> it's a bad comic book. So you shouldn't be, you know, you should pick your source material better and not pick something that's ultra violent, sexist, racist, homophobic. So, so with regards to the sexism, the racism, the homophobia, it's it's like what I was saying before. He's basically tried to create this aesthetic of of Sin City, and this is like a really grimy, sleazy, just you know, nasty place. And he's done that with sort of. Tarantino-esque quick fixes sort of like how do we make these characters loathsome get them hitting a woman how do we make this place seedy have a you know blurry saxophone you know what I mean it's it's that sort of thing does it work I mean you know not necessarily but I mean what I would say about uh, the female actresses in it is that they gave absolutely fantastic performances really really top quality when you consider what they were being asked to portray or act you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to... to, to, to I, I'm saying that the characters are, are, are really, really poor. They're really poor who, female who, characters. Who gave a good... Like, did you think Jessica Alba was... No, how well, can she give well, a good performance? So, so Devon Aoki and Alexis Bledel. Uh, so, no way. They suffer the least in terms of misogyny and violence, uh, but they deliver solid performances in the process. You know, uh, um, there's also Carla Cugino and Rosario Dawson. They deliver some especially good performances in spite of some really poorly written characters. And unfortunately, Brittany Murphy and Jessica Alba suffer the worst in terms of character, but their performances are still commendable despite what they had to kind of fight against, essentially. I mean, if you pitch up to the, this, this filming and you're given this character and it's like, well, this is, this yeah, is you've, bad. You've already accepted it as well. Yeah, no, but, but they, they turned in exceptional performances. Despite the exceptional. Odds. I mean, you, you no, try and do a better really. one. And with regards to you, what you were <laughs> talking about I don't think anyone will watch me in a thong, to be honest. <laughs> but I would. I would. <laughs> and I have. Uh, but let's, moving, moving on, it, it's the male characters in this film are a different story, um, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, because they have been perfectly plucked from the pages of Miller's novels. The characters are already steeped in detail. Traits, motivations, and aesthetics have already been well-established in the novels. So as soon as we are introduced to those characters on screen, they come to life. So this will have only assisted the actors tremendously in preparing for the roles, as they would have had ample, detailed source material to work with. 
The cast itself is absolutely fantastic. We've already spoken about the talented actresses in this piece. The actors are equally adept. Bruce Willis perfectly typifies the determined and beat-up Hartigan. Elijah Wood surprised everyone by playing against typecast at that point as a monstrous killer. And even supporting roles are filled by commanding stage presences and massive character actors from Benicio Del Toro to Michael Clark Duncan, Powers Booth and Rutger Hauer. Even Ron Swanson himself, Nick Offerman, <laughs> pitches up as an unrecognizable turn as an eloquent henchman. But this is really Mickey Rourke's vehicle. At this point in his career, he was essentially dead in the water. He pitched up for this and he gave it his absolute all. Uh, I mean, this it included him basically laying on hours and hours of prosthetics and makeup pretty thickly to give an almost career best performance he you, perfectly sorry you can't tell his expression he's got that much much prosthetics on his face you actually can't see what his expression is yeah well the character itself is almost like a caveman so so they reference that several times you know like he's, so, he's yeah. sort of like kind of knuckle dragon yeah a man from the wrong century yeah and and that, that's it it's like a man made out of stone the amount of punishment that he takes throughout the film and that is typified essentially by his his face. In it. Yeah, it, it it looks like an Easter Island head, like it's carved out of a rock. Mm. Uh, but I, I think it, this his performance in that it's quite rightly considered as one of the best comic book slash graphic novel character adaptations of all time. Considered by you, or not considered by me? Considered by many many Mickey people. Rourke. Yeah, and Mickey Rourke, me and Mickey Rourke always vote for that number one. <laughs> In conclusion, the character work could be better, especially when it comes to the women, but it's the performances of the actors and actresses involved that make this a really memorable film. So, Alex, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> Not Frank Miller. <laughs> okay, so that, that one seemed to um, stay with characters and actors more than anything else. Joel, what did you think of the performances that the actors gave in this? Um, some good, some bad. Really, it's not really very memorable. Okay, who would you say delivers a good performance, and who's in the bad category? Um, just pick a few names out. To be honest, none of the female actresses do very good, but that's probably because of what they're working with. Like they, they aren't great characters. Um, I'm. I think Mickey Rourke's pretty good, and although he doesn't speak, like I think Elijah Wood is is actually pretty menacing when he's on the screen. Like he is like a really, really creepy character. Um, and some of the some of the men do a good job, but that's like I say, probably because they're they've got a little bit more to them. Okay, Austin. Similar question. What do you think of performances in this one? So I, I don't know. So I felt like it, if it almost feels like four little films. So I kind of enjoyed it when it, the very first scene where it's Bruce Willis and he's getting shot to pieces. That bit there I really enjoyed because I got behind it. I didn't mind clunky dialogue. I didn't mind everything because i felt like it was a comic book and and it built up the style but by the end by that weird scene in the black um pond thing i think it's like yeah it's like the black pond yeah. <laughs> like the topic i don't know so at the um yeah so like the um the irish guys there oh by right, the time yeah, i got the, to that the irish guy who loves blowing things up yeah I, oh. there was a there was a period there where i was like oh it was just a bit frustrating like i so there was I, I couldn't pick out any real standouts like so yeah mickey rock was i think he did a great job um there were some great bits i didn't think it i didn't think it was too terrible the lack of acting because some of it is just because it's clunky comic book script i felt so i don't know i didn't 
What did you think about the love story between Jessica Alba and Bruce Willis? Oh. How did that make you feel? <laughs> there was a... Um... <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I'll, be, I'll, I'll ask the questions here. Go on, Ozzy. <laughs> Unless you care to. <laughs> no, pass, um, pass. Th- there's some questionable content within the, right. the film. But, I don't know, it's part of, it's part of a wider pretension. It feels like art. I think, I think you should not, think not, as well. Not, not necessarily. Yeah, not... well. That's the tree is, of life defence yeah. there. Is <laughs> it's, well... It's, um, <laughs> yeah, if we I was going to compare it to... <laughs> we all know where tree of life should have gone. <laughs> I, I think you've got to think as well that the film was probably made, like, what? How, how old now? Like 2005. 15, yeah, like 15 years ago, maybe. And times have definitely changed a lot in those 15 years. So uh, I don't think it would be made now. Yeah, I don't think it would be oh. made now either. Should it have been made at the time? Um, I just think, like I say, times are different now. Like some of the stuff that Alex mentioned, like some of the language used. If you watch something like American Pie, you know, Stifler goes around calling calling people homos and stuff like that. And then it was just a different time. You could get away with different things. Okay. Okay. I think I've heard enough. You can can whittle it into your closing argument if you want. Sorry, I've got a cat on my leg. (laughs) You can whittle it into your closing argument. Um, So, yeah. Closing arguments, gentlemen. Uh, Alex, you want to go first? Yeah. I didn't think this is how I was going to start it, but so Stifler in American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But Stifler in American Pie, the, <laughs> there is a point to him doing that because you sort of think, oh, well, he's an idiot frat boy and he doesn't really know anything. So that's his character and there's kind of a point to it. The homophobia in this is just goes nowhere. It just goes nowhere. It is just homophobia. My main point here is don't be fooled. This is Emperor's New Clothes sort of stuff. The king is walking down the street naked, okay? There is no clever point to it. I don't think I've heard anyone that said, oh, yeah, no, they're using this violence against women to quickly show that men, male characters are bad like are you kidding me is this what we need to see like so many different women getting shot throat ripped out how many women in a film can we just have terrible things done to them before we go oh actually no this is just misogyny you know how many times can you see swastikas before you think this is just a cheap chuckle using a swastika or, you know is, is this it's insane the the ultra violence itself okay do you know what i mean I, I'll, I'll i'll sort of go along with that that that, that that's kind of fine but just this film is just utterly terrible. I've signed ran out of time with that Stifler thing. It should be called <laughs> Shit Shitty. <laughs> shit Shitty? Why not Shit City? Mm. I was thinking before Shit Shitty. Or no, but... I'm going to mark you down for a failed flourish right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I wonder whether sometimes we lose track. I know. Of, I know of, of the actual content, <laughs> just so we can get a funny last. I, sentence I've got. To, I've got to say, I don't give a shit about flourishes. <laughs> I wrote my. Damn. I wrote my argument in about five minutes, and I wrote my flourishes in about forty. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gav. Speaking of which, Gav, let's have your closing statement. Okay, Sin City is one of the most important films of the noughties. It's revolutionary use of digital effects and green screen in the digital backdrop literally changed the way the filmmakers looked at using digital effects in their films. It is to this day one of, if not the most faithful comic book slash graphic novel adaptations of all time. But it's not just a comic book movie. It's a love letter to film noir, an almost comic book pulp fiction. Although the dialogue and character work could be better, the interweaving stories and stunning visuals expertly captured the tone and the graphic over-the-top violence ensure that you can hate the sin but love the sin city <laughs> that's much better than that. 
Thank you very much, gentlemen. I like you read it there, didn't he? Yours got off the cuff. Too natural. Thanks, man. Too natural. Too natural. It's always been your problem. <laughs> right, I've got a great deal to consider here. So, who's going to kill a little time for me? Uh, I am. So, Take I've got a quiz. It's a Sin City-based quiz. Um, so we'll start off with question one, because that's where I like to start. Uh, so Sin City Comic is published by which well-known publisher? Oh, Dark Horse? Anyone else DC. want to change? Marvel. DC isn't a publisher, you biff. It's Dark Horse. Yeah. <laughs> Why was DC? DC is a pile of shit. Um, <laughs> as part of her character... <laughs> so even if they are... Officially a publishing company. <laughs> no, no they don't even register on the scale. As part of her research for her character, Jessica Alba went to several strip clubs. True or false? True. Probably true. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank Miller directed and produced Sin City 1 and 2. Which other famous film with a shitty sequel did he also produce? 300. 300. 300. Die Hard? What's the sequel called? Rise of the Spartans. Rise of an Empire. Oh, Rise of an Empire. Rise of the Spartans. Yeah. Rise of the Spartans. <laughs> did the Spartan Empire rise? Um, no. It didn't. They it all didn't. Not, not after 300 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> About zero left. Um, okay, name the top three selling superhero comics of all time. Mm, Superman. Spider-Man. And Batman. Yeah, Superman number one, Batman number two. Spider-Man number three. But DC did Superman and Batman, didn't it? <laughs> They're still shit, though. They didn't, didn't publish them, though. <laughs> How does Kevin die in the film, and why does it frustrate the person who carries out the task? Doesn't he just bleed out he or go into shock? He doesn't smile. No, he chops off all his limbs and, and then, then feeds them to his to dog, wolf. and oh, yeah. he doesn't let out a noise, and that annoys Marv because he's like, oh, you bastard. Yeah, that's correct, Gav. So, Sin City had a budget of $40 million and box office... 158.8 million but what was the budget and taking of Sin City 2? Probably about 200 million and it took about 4 quid. <laughs> so bu- budget so we'll start there. Well, budget, I don't know, like 120. I'm going to say 119. Uh, two, <laughs> 215. Okay and box office Actually, I'll give you the answer first. So, budget was 65 million so oh. everyone pissed that away. <laughs> so, so b- box office... 40 million. No, I'd say it probably did well after the first one, so I don't know, 150. I'm going to say 84, I don't think it did that well. Yeah, I think everyone was onto the fact it was shit. All right. I'm going to say 43. Ozzy's closest there, 39.4 million. I said 40. I said 40, actually, I was... I'm I'm giving it to Ozzy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Shut up! Uh, (laughs) So Tarantino had a cameo in the film, and other than helping with a small uh, direction scene, what else did he contribute? Um, was he the penis that got ripped off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I he was, he the was that guy at the start, wasn't he? Yeah, he had a cameo, like yeah. I said, other than the cameo. Oh, right. Okay. Um, other than and directing a scene. Yeah. A doctor walking past in the scene at the end, maybe? No. Did he contribute loads of money? So the swords used by the samurai were from oh, yeah. Kill Bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Is this done after Kill Bill, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. Unless they used the time machine and brought the actual swords back from Kill Bill. <laughs> He's being sarcastic. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah, so that didn't happen. Fine. Uh, and fi- and fi- finally, which female Marvel character did Frank Miller create? Wonder Woman. 
that's DC. DC. <laughs> right. no, just you're just trying to rile Joel. He knows full well. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, no. Oh, I didn't Black know. Black Widow. Spider Girl. Yeah, Spider Girl. <laughs> what a fucking guess. Uh, Scarlet Witch. She uses swords. Um, and there's a really shit film. He, he man. Oh, he um, Electra. Electra. Oh, oh okay. So I'm going to give Ozzy that quiz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best Best well done, Ozzy. In your face, losers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never had a quiz booed before. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joel. It was very good. Right, I've actually got a hell of a lot to think about. It's, it's been a tricky one. Um, I think we can all agree that the film is visually stunning. I think that was pretty much conceded by Alex early on. Um, and, okay, there's many laudable technical achievements to this film. It was revolutionary in terms of its green screen usage, um, the visual effects they employed and, and throughout the film, the black and white, the colouring and afterwards. Gav's explained it all very well. I think it is a pastiche to film noir. And uh, looking at the definition of film noir, it does just about tick the right boxes. But I am concerned about some of the stuff that Alex said, that it's just not a pleasant watch. And... I think the character just pretty much agreed with a lot of what he said. You know, I know Joel said you got to put it in the time of which it came out, but the time it came out was only, what was it? 2005. 2005. See, 13 years. Not yeah. even 20 years ago. So it's it, it wasn't that long. If it was in the 80s, maybe I could, I could kind of see where you're coming from there, but I don't quite agree with that. Uh, the poor script, you know, the, uh, the poor acting, the bad dialogue. You know, Gav may say it's deliberate, but whether you do it on purpose or not, it's still bad. You know, if you put a light fitting up upside down, it's like you've still done it wrong. It's still yeah. not right. <laughs> it's art to someone, though, Whether you did it on purpose or not. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been trying to get away from my house all these years. <laughs> so I think the, you know, the, uh, the violence amplified, no one's really got a problem with that. You know what you're going to get when you watch this sort of film. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with Frank Miller's novels in their own way you know they are for fans of the film of film noir in this kind of sense and with a graphic novel you know, the violence and you know the misogyny as you may call it isn't really as uh, as in your face as it could be when you've got people acting it out on screen um i think with all the bad acting the bad dialogue you know i'm gonna surprise myself here i'm gonna go with more with alex on this one i'm gonna put it on the shit list thank god honestly Nice one. Good choice. Good really? Call. Yeah, good I'm call. not sure about this. No, good call. Like, seriously. Okay, so um, honest opinions, <laughs> Alex? I, I meant everything I said. Um, I don't. I really don't think it's a pastiche. I think it does enough to try and cover its arse and say, oh, look, this is it's clever stuff here, but it, it, it actually is just what, it, what, what it's showing you. There's no sort of clever... If it had some way of rounding it up at the end, it made you go, oh, that made me think a little bit. This film isn't to make you think. Do you know what I mean? It's to watch... <laughs> Let me, get let, me, um, let me ask you this, Brucey, because I felt the same when I watched it recently, but I don't remember thinking this at the time. back at the time. Did you enjoy it 15 years ago? I enjoyed it more, yeah. I, I did. I, it was, I don't think I sort of picked up on it as much as I did like the other night. I, I kind of am a you bit... You sick bastard. Exactly. No, to be honest, I was thinking like, what is what was wrong with yeah, me yeah. when I was 18? Yeah. Like, seriously. Well, so, we need we, a separate, <laughs> separate, separate discussion for that. I think we need an entire... <laughs> An entire podcast to dedicated to that, but no, it, it, I think I knew at the time, but I was sort of I was um, seduced by this idea of oh well, no, it's got to be clever. Yeah, they can't yeah. be just doing these things. It's got to be some yeah, sort. It's a to be honest, it's it, I know Dave will not like this. So this is why I didn't say it. It's Tarantino all over for me. This it's all this like oh having your cake and eating it. It's clever, clever, clever. Actually, no, you just you're just using racial slurs. That's don't do that. You know, it's not cool. 
Dave for getting in now. Not that, I'm, I'm not little, saying I that da- <laughs> I'm not saying that Dave like uses racial slurs. By <laughs> <laughs> More the Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, Gav, what did you think? So 2005 when this came out, 18 again. I I actually really liked it. Um, one watching it again about 18 nights ago. Fuck me, it was horrible. I hated this film so much. I, I I think this is the first time that I've had to defend a film that I genuinely hated. Everything that Alex said is spot on. I mean, I could... Could I have, could I have added anything more? Because I was thinking, to be honest, with a guy who had a problem with the female character in Gravity. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly you're going to have an issue with the female characters in Sin City. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all of them were just horribly written. I mean, I can understand... Like, so what, my argument that I was saying there... It's sort of, I imagine what he was going for. I mean, I, I, I don't know Robert Rodriguez. I mean, that, that might surprise you, was he? But I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think that the point is that, that I agree with you, but he was trying to go for that. But the point is that the sex is trying to drive the violence. And that's part of Sin City, right? So. Yeah, no, I, I can understand him trying to create an aesthetic and being like, sort of like, these are like really deranged, despicable people. And how can we portray that? And we'll have them being women and we'll have them doing like there, there these are, horrible there things. There are other ways. Yeah, but like for me, if if like the Amazonian women, perhaps, right, if they were fleshed out more and like they were clothed more, <laughs> if they were given better dialogue and they were just more well-written, and they, you know, kind of controlled the city as they were supposed to do and didn't take any shit. And when Clive Owen came, they beat him. And, and basically beat... just didn't have Michael Clark Duncan yeah. strangle him. And then yeah, that. And then, then that would have been a bit different because it would have been like kind of, oh, here's the rest of the women in Sin City. And here's a branch of women that have kind of branched off and mm. they've, they've got their own city now. You know what? That, yeah, that would have made, that would that, have been that good, have made that would a bit of a good, contra- good contrast. Exactly. I, I'd be well, really interested when you've watched it. I'd, honestly, if you can see a point, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is, like, it doesn't need a play. point. It, well, that wasn't an argument that swayed me. I don't think a film needs a point. Some films can just be enjoyed or just absorbed. No, as I'm not are. saying the film. I'm saying the actual reason why this violence is happening to and the homophobia and stuff like that. If you can see some sort of like reason for that being in, it, rather than it just being, I thought it was because well, of the time and place. So like a what, was, like the 2005. It, or no, the, no, the right, time yeah, that yeah. the film is meant to be set. That's why I felt it was. We are being put into this city that just doesn't exist but you know it's meant to reflect some yeah, part not to be too pessimistic there's a ferrari in it as well so you know yeah, not to be too pessimistic but i can just turn on the news and i'll see pointless violence yeah. you know violence doesn't have a point violence is just horrific maybe that, that is the point you, you know, and dave's just hit the nail on the head you know so since it's our world today well quite no, often, the violence doesn't have a point quite often quentin Tarantino really captures uh, a good mirror of um of day-to-day life and i think maybe he did back in 2005 as well <laughs> he didn't he had he didn't he's he, a genius he literally just co-directed something no 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 no, no, no. Oh, we're just trying to wind no, Alex that, that argument would be yeah. valid but then there's stuff like clive owen's character so he tries to do something good so he sees this moral injust you know benicia del toro's character is just hit Brittany murphy's character and he's saying oh, and yeah. he's drunk and he's behind the wheel and he's saying somebody could get hurt i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him off i'm yeah. gonna you know stop him from drink driving so he's doing something <laughs> paraphrase by the way, Dave, because yeah. yeah. these are not the words that we use. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump down there and I'm going to oh teach God. him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like that. But yeah, so, so, so the character, there's some characters doing good things. Like even Marv, you know, like he is doing a, a good deed, essentially trying to find Goldie's killer. You know, the people that are doing good things. So it's not just violence for violence sake because there's people leaving there. Hartigan, he, he's, he's the most moral character in it. You know, he's... I, I didn't even No, but I'm just saying it doesn't... I'm not saying it's just yeah. not, it's all violence 
violence for violence's sake. I'm just saying it doesn't need a point. A film doesn't need a purpose to exist. But the Most thing films, is, though, yeah, this could go in circles for a while, guys. No, no, the vast majority of films out there I don't believe need to be made. You know, there's no need to tell this story. There's no need for me to hear it. It's just that. But that makes sense. And that's most films. Occasionally you get a film with a point, but it's few and far between. But that's a hit film, I would say. But I, but I think they, they this has they been going on points. for some time now. Guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave this one for another another day. So higher or lower on IMDb than our previous film on trial, which was the Count of Monte Bisto. I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say higher. I'm going <laughs> to say well, lower. Do, 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 do we have the Accountant of Monte Cristo? <laughs> <laughs> the Accountant of Nicholas Cristo. <laughs> uh, uh, joke that higher. higher. <laughs> I would sadly say higher. What, what, what did it get again? Okay, so Count of uh, Conte Misto is 7.9 out of 10. Ooh. I'm going to say higher. I'm going to go higher. I'm going to say it's higher, but I'm going to, yeah, I'd say this film should be about 6.4. Okay, so it is higher by one, so 8.0. Wow. So once again, I put a poll up on Twitter (laughs) at the weekend and I asked our friends and followers to list, uh, to basically rank where Sin City should be placed, the hit or the shit. So we've got 137 votes. 72% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Okay, wow. So before we adjourn this case, it's time for a little caption contest. Basically, we take a screenshot of the film and we put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one, winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. So the caption this time around is uh, Elijah Wood's Kevin looking manically happy with his wide-eyed smile and soulless stare. So starting with number one, being in this film cost me an arm and a leg. In fact, two arms and two legs. Um, Okay, number two, when you know Monday is coming up and you still haven't recovered from that hangover. (laughs) Okay, uh, the next one is... um, Hello, Clarice. Very simple. Uh, uh, Next one, Frodo's Harry Potter impersonation was met with mixed feelings. (laughs) Uh, Smell that? Yeah, that was me. Um... (laughs) That feeling when Sam tells you to throw the ring in the fire, but Loki, you're just going to keep the ring. <laughs> uh, hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, when you decide that you've been friend zoned for the very last time, uh, penultimate one. So you're saying you're an anti-vaxer, and the last one here is: Do you like Huey Lewis and the news? <laughs> Quite like the arm and leg. Arm and leg. I like the arm and leg. Started, that, that started, off, started yeah. off strong. Okay, so well done to Kurt Thackeray. You've just won yourself a Freddo. Isn't he the guy who played the um, the cat in Hocus Pocus? <laughs> <laughs> we fucking wish, mate. There's, there's no way that guy's followed us after that try. No. <laughs> so just before we call it a day, I wanted to give a shout to one of our friends and fellow podcasters uh, called The Cinema Guys and um, you can follow them on Twitter at The Cinema Guys or check them out on their website wearethecinemaguys.com basically it's uh, three friends Brad, Justin and The Cine Maiden and they basically just review current films well, uh, well actually they do more than just current films they, they did a really good review of my favourite film ever which is The Thing so check that out <laughs> and uh, yeah I, I really like listening to these because um, they give really insightful sort of fun entertaining reviews of current films and in between each episode they do like something called a cine minute so it's really really short reviews it's usually about like two three minutes reviews of different films so i find that really interesting to be fair because sometimes there'll be a film out at the moment that i really want to see but i haven't got a chance to actually go to the movies to go and watch it 
for example, uh, they, they did one of Creed 2 the other week. I didn't okay, get a yeah, chance yeah. to go and see it, so I thought I'll just put that on. Three-minute review taught me everything that I needed to know. And yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I think that's good because sometimes, you know, I just want a, a quick little soundbite before, yeah. I, you know, I get out of the car to go to work or whatever. I just want like a really short review and I'm too lazy to actually read. So. Yeah, you just want to listen to that. I did the same for the uh, Mary Poppins one as well. So oh, yeah. After I just get some other opinions about it as well when I was listening back. Definitely. Um, so yeah, so I like I like the fact that you can just fit one of them in um, pretty quickly as well. So it's quite often you don't have the time for a full episode. So yeah, it's nice to do that. So yeah, I really, really recommend checking these guys out. Uh, once again, that is wearethecinemaguys.com. So thank you. Cool. As this episode was going on, we pulled the next film... Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We pulled it out of the cash register. <laughs> so as this episode was going on, uh, the next film on trial was uh, well it hasn't been picked out that has a random actually. It was chosen by our very own Austin Ray. And that film is Bottle Rocket. I've never heard of that. Uh, so why have you chosen this film to be put on trial, Austin? Um honest answer. Yeah, is that I really wanted to us to put a Wes Anderson film on trial, and um, and this one was free on Netflix. So, oh right, okay, there we go, there we go. <laughs> so I just felt like I didn't have to put anyone out in order to watch it. Well, and then, um, because you've picked oh, it, geez. you will be defending it. So, however, the rest of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So, in the role of prosecution is Dave. Uh, character witnesses are Alex and Joel, which means I am the judge. So thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mates at your local fight club about us, but for God's sake, don't tell us about your fight club because, you know, there are rules, people. Um, just help spread our warm love into as many ears as possible. And remember... So <laughs> but so right, hey. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Trials, where you can recommend films for us to put on trial. You can follow our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks. And check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. And while you're there, follow us on all of the social media stuff facebook and instagram all and all them. that all of them we're on all of them all of them every single one of them films on trial so sin city was on trial it is a shit <laughs> and, <laughs> it's a shit film. <laughs> and we will be in your ears next week with bottle rocket goodbye <laughs>